Mahimdigan. I am Negan. What's up, people? Welcome to another episode of I Am Negan, a TWD Universe podcast. And tonight's episode is for Fear the Walking Dead Season 6, Episode 4, titled The Key. I am your host, Adam Vale. Tonight, I'm joined by Dana Abercrombie. Hola. And Richard Bailey Jr. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we are the staff and the workers is the worker bees behind the coalition. That's what it came, the coalition.com. So thanks again for everybody checking out the site, checking out our content, and of course, supporting this podcast because, man, we've been getting a lot of subs and likes and dislikes and follows and you name it, it's been happening. AMC has been showing some love. We've been getting screeners. So all is well with the show, which is great. This is great. You know, especially now we have... With World Beyond, not so many people are happy about that, but whatever, it's still going, right? It's not bad. And then, of course, we got Fear, and then eventually we will get The Walking Dead proper. And then the Daryl and Carol. A lot is going on in the universe, and hopefully we'll get another comic series. We'll see. But um, let's just dive into it. This was a, a packed episode. Won't give too much away, but yeah, we have a lot to talk about. So let's just dive in. We start off with John waking up in this, I would say, a beautiful house. I like the house. It was very nice, organized, clean. I don't know. I, I just focus on little things, and to me, the house. So we also hear that he's narrating. It sounds like he's writing a letter. We see a little bit of that, and he is. He's writing a letter. He's talking about his dad and giving some more info. But basically, this is going out to June. While this is happening, we see him going about his day. He gets dressed. He puts on his hat with one flap up, which I thought was a little bit, eh, I don't like the look, but whatever. So he goes into an armory. He checks out a weapon and some ammo. He goes off to his post. He relieves the man that's there. He signs in the book, and there he goes. He now is protecting the line. He is a protector. That was what he did before as a cop, in or, but before the apocalypse, and this is what he's doing uh, post. And he seems to be cool with it. In the letter, you hear him narrating, and he's talking about it. He's like, you know, it's not too bad. I like this life. This could work for us. You know, and also, I should mention that while he was doing this whole little montage, walking back and forth, we see, it looks like some time's passed. Um, he had walked past Virginia. He's in Layton, so that proves that point. He gives her a nod. She gives a nod. They're on good terms. Everything looks cool here, right? You see that now how he is going to send this letter to June. He packs up his laundry puts this on top of laundry, brings it off to the laundry lady. If you recall, the laundry lady is now Janice. So Janice gives him a nod like, yeah, I know what's going on here. And so there goes that. So he goes back to his post again, all in this little montage thing going on. And this time when he gets to the post, hey, the person he's relieving is not there. So he looks around. Nope, no one's there. It's broad daylight too. And it's a clear open field. So not too much to, to look for. So realizes nothing's going on there. So the next scene we see real quick, he's knocking on the door of the guy's house. We find out his name is Cameron. I'll just say his name now. They knock on Cameron's door. He's accompanied by some other rangers. No one answers. He peeps through. Doesn't see anyone. Goes around back. Sure enough, we start hearing walking noises. I think we know what happened. Well, we see a fence. The guy had a nice barbed wire fence around his house. There's two walkers uh, tagged on it that are stuck on it and... Sure enough, Cameron. So they were chomping on him. 
And he doesn't look fresh. We sort of talked about it with Dana, but Dana says, hey, these things happen. They just keep gnawing on whatever they were gnawing on because I'm like, hey, he's not fresh anymore, but whatever, they're doing their thing. So um, John puts all three of them down and he, he's upset. He just can't believe this just happened this way. Yeah, and uh, that's it. Then right at the end, a little monster Jr. is just saying to in the closing of the letter that he loves June. So this was a, an interesting opening. I think it was cool because we get to see John's perspective now. We've been seeing that from each one from the past episodes where we saw with Al and with uh, Dwight. And then now we're going to see the John story and see what he's up to. So what did you guys think of this opening? Dana. Well, I loved it. It kind of showed where he's at. Um, it seems like that whole previous episode, he's kind of like settled in and he's going to play his role on this uh, settlement. And that everyone seems to, right now, everyone seems to trust him. Virginia has her eye out, always looking to make sure he's following the rules. But he, everything seems to be copacetic right now. Also, another part um, was the tooth scene was he has a very bad tooth. It's rotting, and it's a theme kind of for the, I feel like, the episode, especially for right now, for which it looks, you know, how looks can be deceiving and how something can be rotten from the inside, and we'll explain that later on because it's a callback. Um, so that part I felt was really important, and he has this nagging pain um, right when he wakes up and when he's brushing his teeth, there's blood coming out. Um, but for this opening, I thought it was really... It, it, showed exactly where he is in the settlement it showed his position the power he has and that you know everything may be copacetic but you still got the walkers still coming around which was kind of weird because i thought they would have better fencing because mm. it was just literally just like post and here's some barbed wire yeah yeah that, that was kind of and it was short yeah. it was like a short fence mm, short fence rich you like the intro the, the intro to this the opening scene yeah, I thought it was a great setup for giving us an idea of what to expect with this episode. Um, one thing I, I I do want to mention is that I uh, I definitely am a fan of uh, mysteries and, you know, seeing this particular character, Cameron, seeing that something happened to this character. I was already intrigued because I wanted to know what happened to the character if, if he was put there or if somebody killed him. So I, I think they definitely got my interest right from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It definitely started off strong with like, hey, this is a story. This is what's going on. So we're not going to hear too much about arguing. I'm like, oh, why are we here? And then I got to figure out a way to escape. No, we're seeing a different perspective. We're seeing John, who's pretty much uh, adjusted to this life. And he's cool with it. It seems to be working out for him. He's happy. And it, it, he's carrying a weapon again. I, I didn't see that coming, not that early, only because I'm thinking, hey, if I'm Virginia and I bring in some of these key members and I just brought in somebody who I know is a gunslinger, we heard, you know, we've seen him, he's pretty good with a gun and he's a cop, will I trust putting a, a firearm in his hand when he saw that I sort of ripped up this group and I took his wife away? You know, I don't know, maybe he may have a vendetta and maybe pissed and just shoot me in the head and say, you know what, I'm the ruler of this town, back up. But whatever, we didn't have that. So, boom, let's jump into the next scene real quick. It was a short one, at least for what the people involved here, which is Morgan and the dog. So we start off with Morgan. We see he's in some kind of shed, and he's just gathering supplies. And uh, when he gets back into his pickup truck, which I think we all agreed that was the, the bounty hunter's truck. And it's, it's kind of funny if you think about it. He took his clothes, he took his weapon, and his truck, and his dog. So he, he pretty much took his life. 
So he gets in and he tells the dogs, like, hey, here, sniff this. All right, so he sniffs it and he's like, well, hopefully you can find that trail. And he says, muffled off, let's see what uh, Daniel gave us you know, as well. So it, clearly this is it. This is how it's been working. Daniel goes off to some shed area, drops off a bag of supplies. Later on, Daniel picks this up. And then that's how this whole exchange has been going on. We don't know how they started uh, having their communications. We don't know where it began, but we know this is how it works. Okay, makes sense, right? Because you can't expect Morgan to get too close to this, uh, the pioneers camp, the, the late in town, without being discovered. But whatever. So now we see he has the dog. He's over here giving him the the shirt, and we're assuming that's Grace. Right? He wants to see if the dog can track down Grace. But they never get out the car. That was the other thing. I was like, oh well, the truck. Get out the truck and go search. I mean, I don't think a dog can do the the scent trail from a moving vehicle. I don't think that's how that works. But anyway, he looks over at the rear view mirror. He starts adjusting it and looks at himself. He's like, oh, I wonder if she'll recognize me. I'm like, you have a shaved head. You're clean shaven. Ah, you don't look as scruffy as when we first saw you at the beginning of the season. If she would have saw you then, she probably still would have recognized you. But be like, man, you have fallen apart. She didn't remember. Grace and the rest of the group, they don't know what happened to Morgan. They don't know that he's been shot. I'm really surprised that no one's even brought up his name. Because... From what I understand, and I'm sure you all remember the end of season five, the finale, they thought they were all being split up to different groups. You would think somebody would say, hey, which group is Morgan in? That's never come up. That never didn't come up in the past episode with Al and, and Dwight. That doesn't come up now. All right. So there, there wasn't too much, but really quick, let's just brush right into the next scene because a lot does happen. And this one, and this is now it's nightfall, and we see John back at uh, Cameron's house. There's a, a bunch of onlookers, you know, typical town situation of the murder or whatever. Virginia shows up. What's going on here? He says, "Hey, the whole thing with Cameron." He's like, "Oh well, I knew he was a drinker. You know, he was a bit of a drinker, so he probably just stumbled out in the back and and got himself bit." And the whole thing. I was like, "Ah, that doesn't sound." too clean cut for it well it sounds too clean cut for for john he doesn't agree with that he's like you know i'm just gonna keep digging around here and, and see what i could find and you know i'm just really trying to clear the area and she's like all right well you know you're playing uh, the role of cop that's the role we put you in and uh, it's working out don't think it doesn't go unnoticed you know she gives that whole little thing the nod and and tell him to carry on so she's very approving of all this which is like okay that's that's cool right so then we see him go to the back he has his flashlight out he's looking around looking around and he finds an earring on the ground picks it up says oh wow okay this is a clue when he gets to the front of the house a truck pulls up and it's our good buddy strand all cleaned up now just like we saw from the previous uh, with the two episodes back and he has his shield on and he walks out and john's like what is this how'd you get that and he was like well how did you get yours the same way you know we're doing a little uh, ass kissing i guess with virginia we're playing her game, and this is what happens. So he announces that not only does he have that badge, but he's part of the the community council. I don't think it's he said it was the town, but I think it's the, the whole pot. He said it was the intersettlement council. Inter, that, that's it. That's what I'm saying. It's not the town. It's the intersettlement council. So he is from the other settlement, right? And so he also mentions that he's there for a meeting. That's what he's doing there. And, and he's like, well, what are you doing here? To John. And John's like, well, I'm here investigating this death. And... It, it just kind of felt odd unless that's a main road that everyone has to drive through to get to town. I'm like, well, Strand, you showed up at this location, so why are you here? Why did you stop here? Why didn't you just go to the meeting? It is at night. That that was my whole little back thoughts in my head, you know. But um, 
that's pretty much it for this scene. I'm trying to see if there's anything, any other key moments, but I think that was pretty much it. The whole thing with Strand just showing up and then saying, well, if you need help, let me know. He's like, I'm still figuring this out. And so Strand leaves to go to this meeting. So real quick, from what we just threw at, what I just threw at you with the Morgan thing and then with what's going on is with uh, Strand showing up in town and now interacting with John. Anything you guys want to discuss, Rich? Yeah, so one thing I will say about uh, the Morgan scene, I know you made the comment that uh, we don't really know how the arrangement was working. Uh, obviously, we didn't have, we didn't see any scene of of how the arrangement works. We just had that one scene we saw where Morgan came across Daniel, and they had their conversation. At that point, you know, I'm guessing after that, you know, Daniel gave Morgan a nice cut. And started giving him supplies, but we didn't get that scene, so that that definitely happened off camera, which is fine. It is what it is. Well, it's more of a uh, nice cut. He, he's completely bald. That's a clean. <laughs> that takes time. I'm telling you, people, as someone who's had a I, bunch, I, of, I do my own hair. I got my own buzzer now with the whole you know quarantine thing. I got a. I use my one and a half blade, and I I do my own shit. But I know just to do a clean cut like that, that takes time, man. I, I, I would love to know an explanation of how he managed to give him that, that haircut when you would think that Virginia has him under strict surveillance. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I would I would imagine that, you know, they would have found out about that, but they didn't find out about it yet. So we'll have to see how that is explained later. Or maybe it's just not important enough for them to really mention it. But uh, we'll see. And to go on to what you said about Strand showing up, I do agree. uh you, you wonder what was this whole meeting that he was there about, and I guess uh, we'll get answers to that later. But uh, I, I did I did know they were going to have an interaction with these two characters because uh, we did get see the see that in the preview for last week uh, that they were going to have some type of interaction. So yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see ultimately how he plays into this whole episode. All right, Dana. Yeah, I thought that this was a very kind of interesting scene where I don't really fully trust what's going on. I mean, the guy stated that he was not only just heading to a meeting, but that he, he runs it. He's head of it. So, you know, why would you make this detour to come over here? It kind of felt like, a, you know, out of place a little bit um, just to catch up for literally a couple of seconds. And it didn't really seem like he was catching up with him. It seemed like, oh, I just happened to run into you. So I don't fully know what he is fully doing, what his full job is. Um, but I think that it feels like one of those scenes that may be important later on. Yeah. But I do like how everyone is fresh cut and clean. And the whole thing with Daniel, remember, he's still playing his part. So oh, yeah, I don't know that he's been and we don't know still, what kind of abuse he took because that was the thing. I thought we were going to see more of the abuse because I, I my mind from when we saw that scene was that she did that to every member of the group. That she just tortured them and just beat them into submission so that way they just fall in line and just join in the group. Right. But um, he's still playing his part, which I think that would explain why he got that fresh cut, you know. And I don't think no one really wants to give away what's really going on. And it kind of also shows, at least to me, that he didn't fully take off with, well, remember the whole thing with Morgan. And it kind of made it seem like, oh, is he taking off with him? So he's that means that everybody is sharing and passing around information and everyone is watching and looking over to see what's really happening. So there's a lot of moving parts that's going on behind the scenes. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is true. That is true. All right. Speaking of more moving parts, we have uh, John now. It's daylight, and he is still investigating, so he heads over to his friend Janice, the laundry lady. It's like, hmm, who else would know about this situation than Janice? Because in John's mind, he thought they were a couple. So he goes up, and he tells her, it's like, hey, you know, do you know anything about Cameron? Were you close with Cameron? He's like, oh, no, I, I just cleaned his dirty drawers just like yours. I don't know anything. You know, she, he doesn't buy it, though. But he starts saying, he's like, listen, I'm investigating. This is how he died. He tells her. And just, I guess, more to see of a reaction. And there was no reaction. She also doesn't really make much eye contact, which is also a dead giveaway for me. I've watched a bunch of CSI. I've seen all these things, right? You're supposed to make the eye contact, just like a job interview. So anyway, no eye contact, a lot of head movement. All right, she's hiding something. At least that's what I'm saying for myself. Don't know if John at this point is uh, figuring that out. But he was like, well, I thought you guys were, you know, a couple. So I'm like, nope, got it all wrong. And he's like, well, uh, you see a lot of people. You know everybody in town. You do all their, their laundry. So you recognize anyone wearing this? And he shows the earring. She looks at it. Nope, sorry, don't know. You know, just keep it moving. And so that, there goes that. He just throws them off and he just heads off. But he's still, you know, trying to figure this out. So the next scene is that he's back over at Virginia's office and he's sitting across from her and he's telling her all this stuff. He's like, you know what? I still think I need to investigate. There's some stuff going on. She reiterates, well, you know, he was a drinker. Come on now. What, what else do you want from this? And then this is where he starts pointing out stuff that we, we didn't see. This is all off camera stuff. And he was like, hey, I found some moonshine. It was an untouched in his house. So he wasn't drinking that night. And even if he was to stumble that far from the house, and if you guys seen the episode, it was some distance. It wasn't like, not like he has a, a short fence. He has a pretty wide backyard to go that far out, especially if there's some some walkers stuck on it. That doesn't that doesn't add up with him, you know. So he he thinks there's something else going on, and maybe there was some foul play. And then Virginia goes into this little story talking about where she lived in another camp and there was one man who killed another man over a can of tuna you know and uh he when uh just to make an example and this is something that you we had mentioned and i don't i wasn't going to mention but yeah we can mention now um one of the ways that they did to make an example is they tied him up to a tree they blast some loud music so that way all the walkers come over and they they do their thing you know, but then this gives that that warning to whoever else wants to get reckless and commit these type of crimes. All right. So he was like, oh, OK, well, all right. All right. That's fine. That, that, whatever. You know, and she says, hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. Uh, we won't tell the people. I'm going to put double duty of patrol out there and you just keep doing you just keep looking into it. So real quick before I go out, what did you guys get from this? Because. She's being very helpful here. She does give that crazy story of like, hey, this is what we, what I'm thinking and what we see later on is what she's applying they're going to do if there is a killer. you know. But uh, at the same time, she's being very helpful with telling him he can just keep doing this. She could have easily just pulled him off of this and said, nope, you're going to go back to your post and it's done. So, Dana, what did you think? Well, I don't trust Virginia. I think that she's being too helpful in the sense of that she is trying to see what he's going to do in regards to his actions and how willing he is to solve this case. I also think that it may be another test because remember the previous uh, episode was all about, you know, your what was it you're the the key or the that the whole thing of testing them yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he's giving them and so i think it's a continuation of okay here are the responsibilities that i'm doing i'm giving you now let's see how far 
are you able to carry this out? Let's see how smart you really are. Because remember, they are the key. It's not like a physical thing, which we'll get in later on. But for that part, it was like you're the key to survival. Let's see how smart you really are in this situation. I'm going to give you what you need, but also I'm paying attention to how well you're going to figure this out. I think Virginia already knows, you know, fully what's happening and what's going on, but she wants to see what he knows. Um, I also wanted to point out, this is also, remember the part from the very beginning with the tooth, and it's a continuation of the tooth. As the episode keeps progressing and certain things don't add up, his tooth seems to hurt more. And for me, I'm more like, yo, maybe this is a sign or like a metaphor to show, you know, it the more decay that it is, that the whole facade, Virginia's all happy and smiling and sure, I'm, let me help you. But she's really like this villain mm-hmm. that is going to, I, you know, destroy the town from the inside out. Yeah. So. I thought that was a very important scene and also to witness because she said that she witnessed this when she was a kid. Yeah. So she is probably desensitized to a lot of violence and inhumane things and that she can justify her actions without seeing or having emotion to what's really going on. I wonder if we're going to get one of these flashback episodes for just Virginia herself. If not, maybe through Dakota, she'll start spilling beans. Because I'm really curious to find out how she was able to take control of this whole community. And everyone just Mm -hmm. bows down to her. There is no second guessing. Well, remember, she's not headhead. Remember, she's working for someone else. But that, but that is here. Yeah, no, but we don't. Now we don't know. But we do know she's in charge of all these different uh, oh, yeah. camps. Yeah. So she she is, a, if we want to, you know, quote unquote, a governor of this region. Right. Wherever that. Rich, did you get anything from this or are you on the same page with Dana? Uh, I'm on the same page with Dana. Um, yeah, I mean. Virginia is obviously uh, the one of the uh, key antagonists for right now, the main antagonist until we see this other person that uh, she is working with. But um, I also would love to see a flashback episode pertaining to how she has gotten in power because um, I want to know why people are afraid of this character. I don't really get a sense of that uh, on a week-by-week basis. I look at how all the people under her Sometimes they can get taken out, and we saw that in, in episode two. Um, so I, I will be very curious to see why they fear her and why they would not try to test her. And hopefully we will get that answer as the season progresses. Mm-hmm. That is true. All right. Then speaking of progression, the next scene, we see they're over at a funeral. It's for Cameron. A bunch of people are there, rangers, uh, town folk. Uh, we get a perspective from John. He's just glancing around, and he focuses on two people, Virginia and Dakota. They zoom in on Virginia's face. I don't know. Maybe they were trying to show that she was looking remorseful or not, but eh, whatever. It was a typical blank face of, like, yeah, I'm here for the funeral. Dakota's there, which, if you remember, that's uh, her Virginia's little sister. And the person conducting the the service is the rabbi, our favorite rabbi from the the original group. So once service is over, John walks over to Dakota, offers some candy, says he can't have it because he's got this tooth issue. That's the first time he acknowledges it. We've all seen it, you know, like you mentioned, Dana, but it's the first time he acknowledges now to the viewers that maybe aren't so observant. 
you know, and he's just like, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. He did have a two finger. Okay. So he gives her the candy and says, hey, how did you know Cameron? Were you close? Like, uh, no, but he was a nice guy. He was one of the nicer ones that worked uh, for my my sister here. And then all of a sudden we hear this little commotion in the back. One of the rangers pulls over. Well, uh, gets closer to the, the funeral arrangement going on. And he is with Janice. And he says, oh, I caught her. She was trying to run off and jump over the fence or what have you. And Virginia, and this is something that I found. Once I heard this, I'm like, yeah, this is some He's like, oh, you're trying to run away again? Huh? He's like, you know what? Check her bag. <laughs> oh, really? Check her bag? Who gives a shit? She probably just has, like, food and clothes and stuff. Why do you think she focused so much on the bag? Because most people would just say whatever. She's obviously, it's a, a runaway bag, right? And just say, well, we caught her and that's it. No. Focus is on the bag. They empty the bag. Virginia walks over, makes it look like she's examining things, but oh, what does she find? It's the other earring. Now, I don't know if the rest of the town people there knew that that was a piece of evidence that was found, but if they didn't, then I'm sure they would know now that they're putting two and two together. It's like, well, why are they making a big deal about the earring? Well, because John had found one of the earrings. So now here's the match. This is it. So she must have done it. She is the killer. So here it is. We just found the killer. And that's why she was running away because of the crime she committed. You know, now, this, I think we all agree. This, we, we saw something like this happen. This, again, is just proving, I think, that Virginia is setting this whole thing up. Especially the fact that she focused on, hey, dump out the bag. No one would say that. They would just be like, you know what, she's trying to run again. She ran before, lock her up. But this is perfect timing. Well, we'll I'll get you guys feedback on it once we get out of the, the next scene, which is really quick. Because they bring her off to the jail. John is, like, still baffled by all this. So he goes over to the jail and he's like, hey, what's going on? Talk to me. I want to help you. This doesn't seem right. And she was like, you, you can't help me in this. And like, this is it. Can't you see? You know, Virginia already had me picked. I'm picked for it. And now I'm going down for it. This is this is how it's going to be. And he just couldn't understand it. And so he was like, well, did, did you really have a relationship? He's asking questions. And then he takes out a drawing. Again, it's something that we didn't see. It was off camera. He said he found it under her match, uh, under Cameron's mattress. They, did you do this? And she doesn't say anything, you know, with the whole thing there. And she was like, you know what? Stop already. It's not going to happen. This is just the way things are right now. So, real quick, what did you guys get from the funeral and from this interaction with Janice at the jail? Rich? Uh, I think uh, both you and Dana are 100% on the money when you say that uh, Janice was possibly set up. Because you go back to the prior scene when John showed uh, Jenny the earring. And and it's like that was, it, it's kind of like it was a test to see what information can he tell me that I could use against him to pin it on his friend. So that's the vibe that I got when I saw that. And, and, it, all, and it all came together when they did catch her and, and, and they did say, oh, yeah, she is the one that did it. Because like you said, Adam, why are you going to tell someone, search her bags? That, that's a very specific uh, request. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you don't do that. You know? I mean, and then one of the things that she does mention in this little conversation, she admits that they, she did have a, a, a relationship with Cameron, but they were hiding it from Virginia, and then yeah, the drawing and all that—they were their, their plans of escaping. They were going to run off together. So exactly. So uh, yeah, it 100% it, it makes sense that it was a setup. And, and as for the whole confession, 
this again goes to my whole point of what you mentioned earlier. I, I we definitely need a flashback episode. I, I want to see why Virginia is so demanding, so powerful that everyone fears her it, because it's like obviously M- Morgan doesn't fear her now because his goal is to get his people back and take her out doing it. So obviously, but I want to know what is it about this character that people fear the character? So they need to explain that more. Yeah, and she doesn't really have a second in command. Like when we saw with Alpha, she had Beta, and a lot of people feared Beta. He was big. He was, he was a monstrous looking character. She doesn't have any of that. Exactly. So, so I'm like, where's the muscle? Where's the fear going? Why can't uh, just saying if someone's fed up with all this? And it sounded like Cameron was fed up with all this because he was willing to give it all up and run away with Janice. Uh, why not just take her out? But like, you know what? We're just done with this. Let's just take her out. She doesn't seem like she really has the uh, heavy uh, entourage, I should say, with her. So I don't know. It, yeah, yeah. And the last point that I will make to, to add on to what you said, when I look at this character, it, to me, it, this looks as though something, you know, someone who is running things but they are having all of their henchmen do all of the, the, the you know, with regards of killing people, whatever. They're having the henchmen do everything. I haven't seen this character actually kill someone yet or do something just completely heinous to somebody yet. So, I, I like I said, I really, really do hope they dive more into this character because you think about how the character was introduced to the show. She just showed up out of nowhere. Uh, there wasn't no infamous... There's nothing to, in, in my mind that makes me look at her as a powerful villain only that she is a dictator who has other people under her that are doing what she wants them to do so i definitely hope they expand upon her further mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dana you got anything you want to add or sorry yes i do here's my issue my first immediate guttural reaction was oh my god you can't leave the camp and right away that doesn't seem natural to me because if I'm providing you with all this food and a shelter and you don't want it, please go. You can go with the walkers and die. You're not appreciative. So again, that facade of look how beautiful everything is, but you really see how there's problems that's really within. You can't leave. There's problems. You can't have relationships with, with each other. Um, in regards to the picture, remember the mm-hmm. drawing that it had? Yeah. It kind of reminded me of like that Titanic moment. It's a little corny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But... uh. Yeah, that, that Titanic forbidden love situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the earring, very convenient. Again, because remember, this, I feel, was after the conversation that he, that Virginia had with, um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting his name, Dorrit. So, I'm... Um, with Dwight? Wait, which one? Yeah, Dwight. Okay. With Dwight. Remember the whole conversation with the earring? He was the one who bought the earring to her. I don't John, think... That, John. John. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking oh. about something else. I'm like, wait, what? No, I said Dor. John Dor. Yeah, I. Oh, Dor. You said his last name. All right, my bad. I said his last name. I'm sorry. So, um, with remember the whole conversation with John, and it kind of me felt like Virginia would have never known about the earring had John not brought it up to her. So she either went back in or had her people back in to find the earring, the other part of the earring, and throw it in the bag, that kind of thing. Or for me, another issue that I had was when she took off running. It was right almost next to the funeral, and it was in broad daylight, and she was trying to jump the fence that everybody was by. So it was like, where are you going? Yeah, that's not how I would plan my escape. 
maybe this whole thing was planned from the beginning because the whole thing with the earrings that could have been her set of earrings doesn't mean that it was at the crime scene it could have just been in his house and they're like all right we have her earrings we're gonna plant one next to the body and then i'm gonna take the other one for the big reveal moment and that's how i'm gonna get both of these people that we're gonna try to run away out of the picture true that could be that could be thing or maybe it was like it, it, it just didn't feel natural yeah. Everything felt force. Even her running away, how she did it, kind of felt force. Like, oh, everyone in the town is at this funeral. Let me go and run. That's not the problem. The problem is no. why would you run so close to the vicinity where everyone is at? Yeah. It's like you want to be found yeah. and we'll, so we'll, that you could take the fall for whatever is really going on. Yeah, and later on she, she brings that up. And we know she had no plan of really running because she can't live without uh-huh. this guy. So. No. All right, so then we go. We'll jump into next season. I mean, the next season. Next season. season, season, season. Uh, we got all seven. the screeners. Yeah, there we go. We got all the screeners. We're going into season seven. So scene seven. All right, that's what I have written in my notes. Just we're back at Virginia's office because right before, while he was having a conversation with Janice, one of the Rangers walks in and says, "Hey, Virginia wants to talk to you." And I'm sure it's because somebody's spilling the beans. It's like, yo. Uh, John is really taking this into this whole investigation serious. Now he's in, he's over here interviewing or interrogating, whichever way you want to see it, with Janice. And maybe this is where she's like trying to put a stop to it because he goes into her office. She offers him some fresh strawberry jam. Again, this comes up with the tooth. Hell, does she even know about that? Maybe she does. I don't know because it was kind of awkward at this moment. She's like, oh, we know things are getting good here. Taste this. And he can't. He's got this tooth problem. All right, so he's he's over here saying that none of this adds up and he's got some other things going on and she's like, you know what? She's going to put a stop to this. Because at this point, and uh, when they're bringing up the earrings, and then he she starts bringing up the the letters, right? And she brings, if I remember right, she said something about the letters. There was something going on within the letters, and uh, he was like, "You read that?" And because oh, that was it. Because she said, "She's like, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to protect your little your uh, your little birdie here who is passing the messages along." And she's like, "He's just quiet." He's like, "What you read?" the letters like he automatically says it because he knows and she was like like oh yeah yeah i've read the letters thanks to cameron so that throws in the whole thing i was like well cameron what was he really doing then because if he was doing it if janice if he was all right so if john is giving the letters to janice and janice is supposed to be passing along i guess she's doing some pillow talk with cameron and saying hey guess what i got these letters maybe they're all reading it together and having fun with it i don't know but somewhere along the lines cameron knows about these letters and then has been passing that info to uh for to virginia this entire time so she basically says listen i know everything that you're up to i know what you've been doing okay and i also know what has to be done so she is going to be put up on, uh, she's going to be executed and she's going to be made an example of. And that's just the way it is. And your dad would be proud of that. Because again, a call back to that whole narration and stuff that's mentioned in the letter. And he's still talking about his dad. And this is a, a, a big reveal right here with Virginia and finding this out. Because she said she knows everything that goes on in this town. And I just threw me it just threw me off with that. Especially with the Cameron, because we know the Cameron was planning to run away with Virginia. Why would he do this? I mean, it's not like she already knew about the letters. Unless the relationship happened before uh, he, uh, after the fact, after he was already doing the letters and sharing. But then you would think Janice would have told 
John is like, hey, listen, by the way, since you're investigating all this stuff, uh, Cameron told me he's been, you know, sharing information about the letters. I'm sorry, uh, but don't worry. We're running away. Hey, we're going to be gone soon. That, that was the plan. We didn't think anything of it. But what did you guys think of this? Because this was a, a powerful scene to find this out, that she's been, she's kn known about these letters this entire time. Rich? Yeah, um... I mean, the whole thing where she says she knows everything that happens that goes on. I, I mean, I don't believe that she knows everything because her sister Dakota, you remember we saw in episode two, her mm -hmm. sister Dakota oh, yeah, yeah. sneaked sneaked away to the other oh, settlement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that is, I think they, they showed that to, to let you know that the sister might be a, a potential issue for one of the weaknesses, definitely one of the weaknesses of Virginia. Um, so we'll see what happens with her moving forward. But, um, yeah, I mean, they had to, I think they had to emphasize that this is someone who is a threat that, again, you know, we, we, we knew already that uh, everything is a facade, as, as Dana had mentioned before. Uh, so we, we, we just got to reinforce the theory that, yes, J J you know, Virginia is in full control. She knows everything that's happening. Uh at the you know at these places especially if she is stationed at the same facility i would believe that she wouldn't know everything that's happening and of course that whole thing with delivering mail yeah i believe she has the power to say and do whatever she wants to do if she sees that john is sending these letters to his wife she's going to say well yeah i want to check that over read that make sure he's not telling her any sensitive information that could pertain to them trying to escape in the future, stuff like that. So it, it's yeah, definitely well, believable. Now that I think about it, after you bring that up, I was like, well, maybe that's how the relationship started with Cameron and Janice. Maybe Virginia sent Cameron over, hey, inspect everything that's coming in and out. So sort of like a prison. And that's when, good. When he yeah. looks through, he finds this letter. What's this? It's like, oh, it's a letter because his wife, he's lonely. And stuff. And remember, she had mentioned later on and seen that she was lonely. She's like, hey, I'm a lonely girl here, and you're a lonely guy, and this is this whole thing. And, and they can relate on that level, and that's how they paired up. So maybe that's how this whole thing happened. It was that, that type of thing. He was sent over there to inspect, and uh, poof, magic, love. Very possible. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Dana, anything you want to add, or you want to keep going? Yes, I want to just say this. Prison. Prison. So, you know, like in prison, because I've watched enough like Unsolved Mysteries and, and Law and Order. Oz, Oz, I, I watched Oz. Okay. I watched all of them. Um, prison, they read your letters to make sure there's nothing sneaky going on. Mm -hmm. And they listen to your phone calls. So, I don't think that Virginia was singling out just oh, them. No, but that's traditional methods when they do the mail stuff. This was sneaking it into the laundry. Yes, but I think that she's fully aware of what's going on. And even with the laundry thing, I think that she knows. The thing about is just the sister. I don't think that – I don't know if I can trust the sister because I don't know what's going on with the sister in her situation. We'll, we'll I don't know if she's someone who's going to turn or someone who's working for her because you need to – you know, kids can get into certain things that adults can't get into. They play up on that, oh, I'm sweet and innocent. I'm just a kid. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't feel that this is something that is just being singled out. Also, because the, the place itself just seems like it's run like a prison. It just looks really pretty. You can't leave. You're not allowed to have certain relationships. It's just kind of it's, it's weird. It's Something's off. Um, so 
I think that people have different tactics and ways of which they think they're sneaking and, and doing things. But Virginia, I get, I don't know. Remember, she's underlings. I don't know what's really going on with, with that. Or it's your spies. Because remember, we saw the whole thing with the key. She has people. It may not be a lot of people, but she has people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I don't, don't it, I don't fully trust what's going on and I think that Virginia is smarter and knows more than what she leads on to be and that she has a way to manipulate people's emotions and feelings and that way she can get them on their side huh? and the, the I think this whole episode was a chess piece between a chess game between Virginia and John yeah. of trying to up each other on intelligence in order to find out what each person knows yeah, I, I think at some point she was sort of trying to play into the whole thing that John was a former cop and figured he would try to investigate and just uh-huh. set things in motion from. But then he just wanted to keep going. And that's what led into this whole conversation of her spilling the beans. Like, you know, I've been reading your letters because once he starts saying, I need to do more investigations, I want to examine the body. She's like, all right, I had enough. You know, we already right. have the person custody and this is what's going on. So the, the next scene. Is right after this, sort of like what you were saying with the Dakota. So he walks out of her office. Dakota comes up, asks him a very odd question. It was like, hey, you used to be a cop. Uh, did you ever shoot anybody? And I was like, well, you know, yeah, that's what I had to do that, you know, things. So. And she's like, you know, don't trust my sister. There's, she's hiding something. You know, and then Virginia comes out and, and she's protecting someone, she said. And Virginia comes out and says, Dakota, get in the house. So it's like, oh, shit. So. She's got to get into the house. But she knows. Just get. I don't like the whole little mystery thing. Just go out and say it. It's like, you know what? I think she's involved in all this. All this is a setup. You used to be a cop. You need to keep digging in on this. But whatever. Yep. Why is she always there? She's got nowhere else to go. She's just... But she's always there to the point where it's just really convenient. And it's just John. Yeah. There's other yeah. kids on the camp. I know, but she doesn't like the other kids. She wants to talk to I these people, the adults. She wants to get involved. She There's wanted to escape. I know, but remember, she wanted to escape with stranding them. That was her thing. She was ready to get out. But well, yeah, so that was it. There wasn't too much into that. The next scene, you see that John is in bed. He's stressing out over this whole thing. It, it's just not adding up. So it's at night. And what does he do? He goes to the gravesite. And this is where I sort of triggered right now what you just said when you said uh, John during his last name, right? On this grave for Cameron, it just says Cameron. They didn't add a last name. They never mentioned a last name. I think last names don't matter. <laughs> so even though some characters do have it, others don't. And he clearly does not. They didn't mention it during the funeral. And they don't put this on his cross. So anyway, we see John digging up the grave. He needs to go see this body for himself. He needs to examine. So he's examining the body. Finally gets there. He starts examining. He sees there's a big slit across the throat. All right. So as he's doing that, a walker, I guess, from the noise. And, and this is the thing, again, I don't get because didn't they show Planted. that they have a fence around? Planted. Because that it, whole scene made no sense. That whole thing was planted. Right? It, yeah. It, yeah. It there. yeah, that did not it, add up. What? Didn't make risk? sense. Yeah, I, I definitely thought that that was a setup right there. They were going to try to get have him killed. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they just came out of nowhere. Two of them. And yeah. very awkward timing with the, uh, you know, oh, I have a uh, shovel and I'm down here, mm-hmm. you know, it, yeah, because it, 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 it would have been awkward for him to try to kill him with a gun. So that yeah. that definitely yeah. feels as though it was planned. Yeah, so. And also, remember, Virginia made a big stink pre- right during the, the first part of the 
episode about the fence. Oh, we got to get it done. We got to fix the fence right away. Yeah. yeah. And remove the <laughs> Remember, just pluck him off and just, yeah. just you know, yeah, dump him yeah, somewhere. Yeah. We got to fix the fence. Mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. There yeah, so as he's there, as you guys just mentioned, these two uh, walkers show up and they fall in. They fall into the hole and he starts fighting with them. There's a whole little fight scene. It's pretty cool in the dark and with there with the shovel. But, of course, John, I mean, that would be funny if John gets bit and it's over. Poof, that's a case closed. You know, he, he died. But, no, he kills him. He gets out of it and uh, that's it. But, oh, before he gets out, almost forgot the key part. He decides to keep examining the body, and he opens up the hand of Cameron, and he finds, like, a weird piece, like a weird wood piece in his hand. All right, so the next day, it actually cuts into daylight, and we see that John is with Strand now, and he brings him over to the grave. And he says, oh, look, 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 I'm telling you, this is where it was, and this is what's going on with the body, and his throat was cut, and he looks in the grave. And he's like, oh, well, that's not much evidence. There was some empty, there was some, I was going to say empty, see, I'm, there you go, the world beyond. And he's like, some walkers attack, that could be anything. He's like, yeah, yeah, but look at this. And he shows it, and he's like, this is, looks like it was a piece from a handle, from a weapon, from a knife. And it broke off, and he had it in his hand, so we just have to find it. And he's like, well, what does that have to do with me and, and all this? How could I help with it? He's like, well, you're part of the council. That means you have access to the armory. So then that means we can go to the armory right now, find the weapon, see which one is missing this little piece, and ta-da, we could then solve the mystery. Right? So, hey, at this point, I thought this is when, when Strand was just going to really just back out of this whole thing. But uh, he was like, all right, well, if we go there, well, all right, we can go down this road and, and see what's going on. All right, so they head over to uh, the armory. So once they get to the armory, he says, and this is the other thing I don't want to say. I guess the, the guy doesn't work, the, 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 the person the, that deals with uh, distributing the goods, I guess they know he wasn't going to be there because I'm like, well, it's closed now. But it's daylight. I don't, I don't know the timing. Timing in TV shows is always wacky. We don't know the time, the date, if any of this matter. Yeah, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I just found it odd that they can just go in there. Even though, yes, he has, um, Strand has access to the armory. Doesn't mean he has the key to the armory. He's not from that town. But whatever, they're in there. They don't show them breaking in. Anyway, we see John. He's looking through the weapons. He finds the the box that has all the knives. And he could see a, a manifest showing all the things that are in there. And there's one that's missing. And it's supposed to have like a bone handle. And he says, this has to be it. It's missing. It's like, okay, who checked it out? It's strange. It's like, oh, yeah, good idea. Let's look. So he's looking through. That page is also missing from the checkout log. So he's like, this is it. It has to be Virginia. It has to be Virginia. So then John's like, I'm going to go and confront her. I'm going to go do this, do that. And then this is where Strand was like, hey, you know, if you do this, this, there's no going back. Like, you're risking everything at this point. And he's he's the good cop, right? He's still playing the good cop. This is this is his goal. He wants to solve this mystery. He wants to free Janice because he's like, there's no way she could have pulled this off. And I'm going to prove it. Because first, obviously, she we know this weapon was in the armory, and there's no way she could have obtained it from here. So there's more going on. So before I move on, you guys want to talk about anything that happened in this scene with a Strand helping out? I don't trust Strand. You don't trust Strand. But why? I don't trust but why? He's such I don't a trust nice anyone. Guy. He is. 
No, I'm the nice guy, no, but he's again, not a nice I, guy. He's a prick. Oh, he's a prick. come on now. Well, you know, he's he's a nice guy in this episode, which means that I, that's why I don't trust him. I think that he may be some form of a spy and that he's trying, you know, you go and follow him and see how much he knows and what's really going on with this whole situation. Again, another test. Everyone just seems to be conveniently there. Well, I would have believed that, but remember, John and that scene, John had, went to go get Strand, and he brought him, well, yeah, he brought Strand over. So that, yeah, that's but the one part. Yeah. Strand, but he that, but okay. So remember that conversation that they so randomly had um, in the beginning about oh, I'm the intercouncil inter the intersettlement council yeah. manager. Mm-hmm. I it it really didn't seem why he was there. You know, I think he was just like plotting that whole kind of thought in his head. So later on, if he ends up continuing with this investigation, he could kind of see if he can hit him up for some type of help. It just to me, I just don't trust anyone. I may be, you know, a little out on the limb here, but it just doesn't seem very trustworthy with anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich, you see anything <laughs> odd going on here with Strand? Well, we need to remember that uh, Strand wants everybody to forget the strand that he used to be. You know, the emotional scene that he had yeah, with yeah, Alicia. Yeah. Yeah. So he wants us to forget this character, but uh, in my mind, he so he wants us to forget the good side of the character, because yeah, you definitely have to call into question what's what's going on with this character, um, this whole episode. So yeah, I, I don't trust him either. Um, the fact that, you know, he said that he had to go to a meeting. We never got any other details about mm-hmm. that in this episode, by the way. So uh, if there is a revelation later that he has been, he has gone to the dark side, it is unfortunate. But I guess it would make sense because we can't, we can't assume that every character that was in the group initially is going to survive uh, this entire season. Uh, so, and some will definitely turn over. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens. But yeah, I, I don't trust him at this particular moment, especially with this this scene in in the episode. Mm-hmm. Well, this scene was a powerful moment and it answers a lot of questions and then it throws some new questions. So John goes back to the jail to speak with Janice to say, hey, this is what's going to happen. This is what I think what's going on. So he starts telling her about maybe there's some conspiracy, there's people involved and he thinks Virginia and she's like, stop. Janice's like, just stop talking. Just stop, stop. And then all of a sudden, here walks in Virginia and Strand. So, dun-dun-dun, this is it. And then Strand says, oh, John, you received my note to meet us here for Janice's confession. It's like, what? What's going on? And Virginia's like, all right, confess. And she was like, yes, I, I killed him. I killed him. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what happened because he, was, he didn't want to run away with me. We said we were going to run away together, and he got cold feet. And then we were outside, and I was so upset, and I... I just, I pushed them against the fence. There were some walkers there. I pushed them against the fence and then they took care of the rest. They ate them. Yep, that's what happened. So then she says, okay, we've heard the confession. So tomorrow she will be executed. There goes that. Good day. And she walks off and he's like, what the hell? Why did you help her? Why are you doing this? And she says she's doing it for John. She's like, you know what? I know my fate. I know what's going on here, and there's no way of me getting out of this, but there is a way of you getting out of this. She's like, Cameron had two gas cans full, and they were under the floorboard of the house. Grab those. Go a few miles out of town. I forgot what direction, but she said it, and you'll find a dirt bike. That was going to be our getaway. Go find June. Get out of Dodge. 
because nothing good happens here. Everything falls apart. So that was very emotional to see that because he's still like, oh, no, I can get you out again. She's like, leave me. It's done. She, She already gave up. She already gave up on this. And uh, and she even said, she was like, you know what, she she had an attachment with Cameron and she only saw a future with him. And the fact that that's gone, she doesn't see a future. But she sees a future for, for John and June. So it's like, you know what, I'm done, but you can keep going. What did you guys think from this? Because this was a powerful scene. Because this is it. Big reveals here. A lot going on here. Did you think John was just going to go back to the house, get the gas tanks, jump on a dirt bike and head off to go find June? Dana. I thought that it was very emotional, but again, I didn't trust that was really her actions. I didn't feel like, oh, she she wants to die because he died. And, you know, I can't live without him. I don't see that. Um, I see that it was because we don't know why, but it may be something much larger. And she remember, again, she, if she did flee, she would be running her entire life. Because I don't feel that Virginia is someone that's a forgive and forget person. She will constantly try to hunt you down and to find you so that she can just kill you. Um, Which, again, doesn't make sense for why she started. Remember when that fence scene of her trying to escape and like, oh, look, here's the earring. It felt like there was something else that she wasn't telling us as to why she was accepting towards death. And I don't think it was because of her man. Mm -hmm. Um, It was much larger. Maybe it was a threat of her family or her friends or something else. But I don't think again, it was just for a man. Um, John, I think that, he was maybe also coming a little too close to to finding out the real answer in regards to the blade thing um and that's when virginia was like nope we just you know end it and let's just call it a day because also remember that whole scene was like oh i was just here looking for you mm-hmm. as in she already knew that that um um oh gosh i forgot the woman's name already that the, the jennifer Janice, right jennifer Janice. Janice, where did I get Jennifer from? I'm old. Okay, I, I felt that you know it was way too con- again another thing of that convenience of like oh I was coming to get you. She just confessed. She's gonna go and confess again. I think that well, it, remember she the was way her- the way Strand played it off is like that he gave him he knew that he knew what uh, what John's plan was because remember and he told him earlier in the mm-hmm. armory he's like there's no way out of this like he thought this was a bad idea so I think that's why he decided to do this whole thing but then again we'll find out more info on that but you can keep going keep going no it to me it just again it just felt like there was a bigger reason as to why she was confessing and it was something else that she was kind of hiding and it had nothing to do with a man. Well, I think like she said, she was doing it just for John and June. She felt her life is over, but at least if she confessed, this would help him out. Because like she, as you, she mentioned, she knew their getaway plan. And they had the gas and they had the bike that was outside of town. That's it. They couldn't use it, but at least somebody can use it. Because she knows she's not going anywhere. You know. But uh, Rich, I... anything you see here? Yeah, well, I know that the main thing that I believe people will say is that, you know, Virginia obviously knows where everybody is at. I guess that was the only explanation as to why they fear the character, because they fear that if they they did something wrong, the character could hurt someone that 
was a part of that group initially. That's the only explanation, but I, I kind of feel like there definitely needs to be more of an explanation as to why people fear Virginia, why they do whatever she says and they cooperate uh, under these circumstances. Um, in regards to Janice and, and her confession, uh, I do think that she just, again, accepted her fate and just went along with whatever the decision was to add to actually, you know, make sure that she was the one that went down and no one else went down. Yeah. Um, I don't like that, you know, this whole relationship with Cameron, we didn't see any of that progression. Although I will say at least for this show, at least for now, it is fair to say that at least we know that there was someone that she was messing around that exists. Which I can't say for for the same for World Beyond because we haven't seen a Will yet. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we 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 seen that this guy was was dead. So yeah, he did exist. But yeah, we didn't see no progression in that relationship. That's why it's not really a person that you care about. You care about Janice because you've seen her on the show. But this relationship, we didn't really get any insight into that. But I just feel at the end of it, she just decided, yeah, I'm just go along with whatever my fate is. So I'm gonna just cooperate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, and the Will next is in our hearts. Yeah. Well, yeah. the the next thing we see it, it's uh, almost like these old noir films. You know, we got the detective here in cases John is a cop. He's sitting at home at night drinking some whiskey. It, but then again, I don't think it's so much drinking. I think he's using that for his tooth because he didn't. He never came off as like a hardcore drinker. Like, yeah, I'm gonna start boozing when I'm I'm down on my luck and I'm upset. Sure, there's some of that, but whatever. He's drinking some whiskey. There's a knock at the door. It's the rabbi. Rabbi just comes over to say, hey, listen, just so you know, she's being executed at, at uh, daybreak. So that's what's going on. And he's upset. He just can't believe this. But then he tells a very interesting story. And this was a great story. Talks about his dad. We all know his dad was a cop. He said his dad was hunting down a serial killer. Eventually, the dad and some of the other officers, they find a serial killer and they bring him to justice. But unfortunately, they don't have any connection between the serial killer and these victims. But they all know he did it. So the dad was looking around the house and he found a purse all the way in the back of a closet right, and at the serial killer's home. Brings this in. They tie it to one of the victims. Case closed. They were like, yeah, this is the guy who did all this. Rabbi was like, wow, your dad was a hero. He said, my dad planted that. He knew, and the rebels were like, was he 100% sure that was? He was like, yeah, yeah, everybody knew. Like, you know, but this was what he had to do. He had to break the rules to make things right. You know, he kept uh, emphasizing you know, making things uh, upside down right, or right side up for people to see. And uh, that the other officers, part of this scene, they knew this. And they agreed, but they always kept like one eye on him, never fully trusting him. And he said that this haunted him and it ruined his relationship at work. It also ruined his marriage. I don't see how that could have happened because I'm sure if he would have told the wife, I'm like, hey, you just got a killer off the streets. But whatever. He tells the rabbi. Yeah, he tells the rabbi. He's like, well, it ruined the marriage. You know, this whole this dark secret that my dad had and what he did. You know, and he says, you know what? And it's going to end up ruining me, too. All right. So he has plans of doing something similar. And he says, hey, listen, here's a letter. And this is the part I didn't get. Because what? Did you know the rabbi was coming over? Did you invite him? How did that? Whatever. He hands him a letter. And he says, listen, no matter what happens, make sure June gets this. Yeah. So he gives her, he gives rabbi a letter. And after telling him this story, he 
clearly has some other plans of something that he's going to do. So real quick, I mean, this is real quick. What is, there were some of the things going on. What did you guys think real quick from this scene? Because then we'll get to the, the, the final scenes of this. But this right here was a big one because there was a lot of questions answered, a lot of more questions added, like what are the rabbi doing there and the letter? What is the letter going to say? And what kind of plan did he have of planting things? But, you know, Dana, it sounded like you had something to say about it. Um, here's the thing. Uh, in regards to the story with the serial killer and it being fake, that is a metaphor for what Virginia is doing. She's covering up. Yes, it may look like for the greater good of the community, but I also think it's to save her own behind. I also think she's behind stuff as well. Again, I don't trust her. Um, with the rabbi showing up, again, everybody seems to be really conveniently showing up. I don't no, trust that's, that's TV. That's, that's TV just small, a small town. You yeah, can say, yeah, oh, it's just a TV. settlement. It's not even a town. It's a settlement. Mm -hmm. So it's a small little community. Everyone's checking up on each other, saying hi. You know, and in that regards, that can make sense too, since he's basically the sheriff and everyone wants to be a little bit nosy and find out what's really going on. I don't blame him for that one. Um, uh, another thing with the letter, I think that the letter, we don't know, but. He, I think that the letter was always something that was going to exist whenever he found himself like either having to take charge in which he may lose his life in whatever situation, not just saying Virginia, but whatever situation, you know, like how people go off to war and they write that love letter or that final letter in case they don't make it home. So I think that was always his in case I don't live kind of letter moment. Yeah. And I think that he set in his mind that he was going to do something against Virginia that could easily get him killed. And so here, take this letter to June. Yeah, so I didn't read be, too be. much in the sense of like, oh my God, what's in the letter? I just viewed it as this is the goodbye letter. And it was more like, oh, it's about to get real now. I, like he could easily, you know, start banging on the door mm -hmm. and we could have another thing with, you know, the lights and the water. Yeah. And the electricity set from be. World Beyond. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, I'll bring Rich in a second for the, the next part because I know I'll probably have something to say with this one. Because then now we see, and this goes back to what we were talking about with the go bag that Janice had. He's now, this is John, building up and putting together another go bag because we know what he plans on doing. He's going to break Janice out of jail, give her the go bag, send her on her way, and he's going to take the blame and the whole thing. And that's what I, that's what I figure is going to happen. So he puts together this go bag. He heads over to the jail. She's gone already. He doesn't understand. He was like, it's supposed to be daybreak. It's the middle of the night. What's going on? So he goes wandering around through town, and then he hears some music off in the distance. And when he gets closer, we see the radio. And then what do we see? Jan is tied up. We see the, all these walkers there. He's pissed off. He's an amazing shot, as we know from previous episodes. Boom, boom, boom. He takes these walkers down. He goes over to her. He's sad. He just can't believe this is how it went down. He's furious. The radio is still playing a sad song. He gets pissed. He shoots that one shot. This was this was a big one. We got to see that this... I think Virginia knew exactly what was going to happen. She knew it. And we find out later after. But right here, Rich, what did you think of this? The timing. The fact that they, they were clearly playing all these games these are all games played on john telling him oh yeah we're gonna do this during the you know daybreak bullshit we're gonna kill her now it's like why play all these head games with him why is virginia doing this so before i answer that question i just want to make two quick points about the previous scene um 
Well, you mentioned that the rabbi visited uh, John. They actually had an earlier conversation in this episode. Uh, and I know that most times when somebody is going to be executed, they will read them their rights. So I didn't have any issue with that because I think it makes sense that they would have to have a conversation because he knew that John was uneasy about what was happening with Janice. So I didn't have the problem with uh, him showing up at that particular time. Okay. Uh, the other point that I will make about that last scene is that um, it, I, I, I'm very glad how he spoke more about what happened with his dad's case because it brought back everything full circle from the very beginning of the episode when he was writing the letters and talking about his dad and how his dad was a cop and all this other stuff. And the dad was referenced throughout this episode as, you know, he would potentially, he would possibly be, be proud of, of John if he can see him now. So I'm glad that they brought that back full circle to show, to tell you a little bit more about what happened with his dad and why he felt uneasy about what was happening in his current circumstances. Now to go to this main scene here, I have to honestly say, this, for me, is what made the episode excellent because as a viewer, I mean, obviously, we were told earlier in this episode about what was the tactic that Virginia used in the past. What was the tactic that her dad used in the past mm -hmm. when they found out there was someone that they couldn't trust? So as a viewer, this whole episode, you're brought on this journey as to wondering what's going to happen with Janice I don't really think it was predictable because I, I, I imagine that they was going to show the execution when it was actually happening. But for them to just up and decide to just do it at, at, you know, at an undisclosed time, to me, I thought that was excellent. Because, again, as someone who's watching the show, you are right there with John in his point of view as to what's going on. So when it actually happens, it's even more of a gut punch for you to find out the same exact time he found out, well, he was too late. Janice still got executed earlier and got taken out. And it, it obviously was a setup the whole time. Um, and I hope that eventually, as the season progresses, we'll find out more as to what exactly happened and who was the one that has been setting up the people. But yeah, I, 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 to me, I thought this was the best thing about the episode because as a viewer, I'm on this journey with John. And then I get the gut punch when I find out, well, it's too late. And just like that, Janice is gone. So I thought that was excellent. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's what makes this The Walking Dead, because anybody can die at any time. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. I also noticed it feels like they're killing off all the, the side characters that were from the original group of last season. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like to me. Like I, We're solely seeing it. We saw it in the other one, and we're seeing this now. I think this is what's going on. But, uh, Dana, anything you want to add here or before we get to the next powerful scene? Because a lot of these scenes, a lot happens in these closing scenes for this episode. Yes, this was the ultimate power play. Uh, remember, again, with that whole thing, the whole episode to me was just games between... It was a game to Virginia. Mm -hmm. And... She let she allowed him to do whatever he wanted to do in regards to this case. And when she finally said, no, I'm tired and done, it's over with. She's the one who's put a stop to it by executing Janice way earlier than when she said she would. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it, it was a power struggle and it goes to show, you know, I'm still in charge. You may think you have a piece of, um, you know, a, a, a what would I say? You know, a piece of power. I give you that power. I'm the ultimate one who is powerful in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it was sad. And it was well acted. Even when she was the zombie thing, 
Yeah. And she was kind of, you know, like crawling in. Yep, yep, yep. It was like a sadness to her. And when he had to execute her and put, you know, the gun to the skull, you could see like the pure pain in his eyes. He went up to her. He was like, oh, no, chance. Not her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, with the shooting of the radio and pure anger, oh, it was beautiful, beautiful masterpiece. Yeah, it was a great scene, great scene. And then it leads to the next, another great scene, because it's uh, daylight now, and you see that he buried, he spent all night, you know, building, a, putting together a grave and putting her in. He did a, a burial for her. He didn't just want her to just stay out there as, as a walker, a dead walker. So he, he buries her, he heads into town with gun in hand. He's headed over to Virginia's office. And then at that moment, you see from the church, the rabbi and Strand walk out. It's like, hey, wait, what are you doing? What are you doing? You can't do this. And he was like, did you know? He goes to the rabbi, did you tell her? Did you tell Strand? Did you tell anybody? Because of, of the conversation that he had. And he was like, no, I didn't understand. And then Strand said he came out and he said he told her. He said, I told her that Janice was a flight risk. <laughs> I cracked up when I heard that, a flight risk. They're using that term here. You know, a flight. And he, you see John use the butt of the gun that he had in his hand and knocks him down. Right? He's heading over to uh, the to Virginia, so he's pissed off. And Strang gets up and tackles him, and a whole fight breaks out. They start brawling, they're punching, they're doing the whole thing, they're tumbling around. John gets on the mount, he starts doing some ground and pound. And I, I was really surprised by this because he looks, John looks over at the, the gun that's not too far off and he reaches for it. I was like, man, that's that's going kind of far. Are you really going to just shoot this man dead? Like, is this what's going to happen? But I guess at this point he was so pissed of everything that just took place that he didn't give a shit. And he saw the strand as the enemy. And the rabbi quickly kicks the gun out of the way. You know, it's like, no, you can't do this. And, and you know, he's looking at Strand, John is, and Strand was like, I did it for you. This was Janice, Janice's plan. I saw her and she told me what she was going to do. This was all for you. So that way you can go on. You know, and, and she's all banged up and uh, John is just in disbelief and he gets up and he just agrees. He screams it out. He's like, Janice was right. You know, like this town, everything falls apart. And it's, it's horrible here, you know. And he just walks off. And I, I was just going to just jump over to the next scene. But, I mean, do you guys have anything to say here? Because this was... Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, we answered that question that we just had before. It was like, how does Virginia know all this stuff? Well, we find out that it was really quick that... Oops, sorry. That Strand went over and he talked to Janice. And then Janice said, hey, this is my plan. Go tell Virginia. Set this whole thing up in motion. It just seems like a lot of backtracking. A lot of underworking overnight just to get this set up i don't know it, it's something about it didn't uh mesh well with me it didn't feel right but whatever Dana. know yep this goes right back to the tooth remember it's rotten to the core and this whole everything falls apart it looks pretty but it's falling apart yeah, um falls apart. and and you'll see like the exact next episode and how that even plays in part to that as well but that's the exact episode i've seen um, I love this moment because you get the kind of pure, raw emotion from John. And, like, he's sick and tired of playing everyone's games. Uh -huh, and, that, uh -huh. you know, he is just furious at this part. And it's furious because if you look at it, it wasn't a crime in the sense of she's planning to run away. It's not like she's planning to slaughter the whole colony or camp or whatever you want to call it. She was trying to run away to be with the man that she loves. 
that's not a crime. So to die so also violently, um, it was just so sad overall. And also, you know, to cover up something else because we don't—it's all a cover up. Yeah, it's just not like it was just sad, and that whole scene was raw. And I don't think that he was going to shoot him. I think it was more like you know, maybe hit him again with the gun mm-hmm. or some type of way to scare something into someone. But I didn't see him just running off and start shooting him mm-hmm. at all. He, the gun just happened to be there because remember he could have easily just walked up to him and be like bang bang yeah no he definitely could have definitely so maybe like, maybe he was going to use the gun just to get more info out of him but he didn't need to because strange just opened up while he was taking the ground and pound he just told him like yo it wasn't my idea janice had this all planned out i just followed through till we're all doing this to protect you i was doing this to protect you so you can continue on in your life you know, and Rich, I'll get your insight on the next thing because this is the one that I found a little disbelief, and maybe you got you definitely maybe you can answer this one. The next scene after that is just seeing um, Virginia on the steps, and John is standing right next to her, and there's a large crowd, and she's thanking everyone for showing up, and she's thanking John. She's like, "Yeah, he solved the mystery. He solved the the the, the crime here with the Janice and with Cameron's death and all that stuff, and he's a hero." She thanks him, says he's a hero. She gives him the key to the town does that whole thing and she says hey there's some perks that come with this and he's sad he's not smiling at all he's looking across you see uh dakota staring at him i was just like rich how did that happen how did he go from walking off all pissed to next thing you know he's like just all right whatever i'm going with it he's all cleaned up he's standing alongside uh virginia at the steps of the office here and he's accepting this award did you see that coming uh not necessarily, but uh, I mean, he it, it was already decided he wasn't going to. We knew he wasn't going to actually retaliate against her. He, he If he wants to retaliate, he has to think of another way to do it. But after that interaction with Strand, I, I pretty much figured, well, he's not going to be able to retaliate. He's not going to do anything in, in that particular setting anyway, because all of her followers, you know, they're right there. They can easily get access to him if they need to get access to him, so... All he could do at that moment was just stand there, listen to the speech, and whatever the honor was, just accept it. Because, yeah, I mean, um, what I was thinking is, when he said everything falls apart here, she was right, that he was going to head over to Cameron's, get the gas tanks, head out of town, get on a dirt bike, and just drive off. You know, well, that was it. That that would, For me, that's what I was thinking in my head was going to be the next scene. That we're just going to see him on the open road, and we would know where he's going. And that's it. He's going to go find June. He's finished with this town. This was the last straw. He just couldn't deal with it no more. Well, there's only, there's only one reason why that wouldn't happen, because June is not there. Oh, wait, no spoilers. That, well, there's yeah. no spoilers. Everybody saw this already. But. She's not there at that point. At, the, at that moment, she's mm-hmm. not there. Yeah. So he wouldn't. Yeah. it's not believable he would leave... But we'll see what happens after mm-hmm. this. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, real quick, Dana, anything that you saw oh, from us? Did you see this coming? No, I got it. Is um, he is there to pay? He's gonna play a, um, an even sneakier game. You know how you you lose the battle to win the war? Yeah, yeah. So you accept that you lost this one. Janice gets the upper hand, and not Janice. She's dead. Uh, Virginia, Virginia gets the upper hand. Virginia got the upper hand on this one, but you're going to outsmart her on the next one. So you pretend that everything's hunky-dory. Thank you for your little key. But I'm really plotting and planning this time to not, like, just me just leave. Because I don't think he can just leave. I think she will find him. Just like she she planned on going after uh, 
the other two who are yeah, now dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel that this is a big chess game between them. And so he's going to play this part with his little key and take his little extra perks and gather as much information as he can. But he has something way bigger. We don't know what it is right now. Um, in the works. Well, well, speaking of that, the next scene is we see him laying in bed, and it looks like maybe he's contemplating on what he's going to do. We we get a lot of that where he's just laying there. So maybe when he's not doing whatever his staff work is of the the guard post or whatever he's assigned to, he spent a lot of time just laying in bed looking at the ceiling. And while he's doing that, there's a knock at the door, and who is it? It's June. And now we know what Virginia was talking about. That there's some perks. The perks is she transferred June. She transferred her over from that colony, the, that campus, or the, the whatever they wanted to call it, over to this one. So now she's been reassigned. He's together with his wife. He's shocked. He couldn't believe it. He, he was a little bit too shocked. I was expecting more of an embrace. But she was like, oh, are you okay? Like, wait. like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, let me get cleaned up. If anything, I uh, I think she probably would have said, wait, is there a girl in here? You cheating on me? You son of a bitch. You know, because his face was sort of shocked, but not like in a disbelief. But I don't know. But maybe those, those are the things that were running through his head. Like, damn, I had like what you brought up. Dana, all the maybe he was contemplating all these different ways to attack her to come back at her, and then now it's like, man, she just gave me my wife now. But now, how do I do this? Because now my wife is here. This is what I was gonna struggle to get, and she's here. Because he doesn't. Again, I'll bring this up. He never mentioned Morgan. No one has mentioned Morgan. No one gives a shit. We don't know if it's because Virginia, like she said on the walkie in the first episode, told everybody. She said she was gonna tell everybody that he died. But regardless, we don't ever hear John ever asking, even with Strand, he doesn't say, hey, how's everybody else doing? Or is, is there any other members of our group over at your your your, uh, your colony, your group over there? No, he doesn't give a shit. It's all about his wife. And now she's there. You know. So w- real quick, what did you guys think? You thought that was it? This was it? You thought this was going to be the end of the scene and the end of the drama and that he was going to fall in line because, boom, he's got his wife back. <laughs> no, this is again... A chess game. You know, I think Virginia knows when you upset people, they want to run. They want to flee or find out something else. And this is like, you know, look at this little perk. And I don't even think I view it as a perk. I view it in Virginia's mind that this is leverage Mm -hmm. to say, here's your wife. I can do the exact same thing to you what I did to Janice Mm -hmm. and Cameron. So if you pull out a line, I can have her killed. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely an issue there. You know, and then just to go and just to go along because you brought it up with the whole thing, and you said it was focusing this entire episode was focusing on the tooth and the rotten and what's coming in, uh, coming in from within. We see him in the bathroom because that's what he said where he had to clean things up, and I guess this was the end for him with this issue with this tooth he shows it in the camera you see it it's rotten it's got all kinds of infection in it and he takes some pliers and old school way he just plucks that sucker out and throws it out now he's got to worry about a hole in his mouth and having other infections okay i'm surprised there's no dentist in this calling because they have everybody else you would think they would have somebody but what was that there is a dentist remember she said you should go and have it looked at by our dentist but that's the thing he doesn't do it so then i I thought maybe that was like a joke because he never approaches that as an idea. Like, yeah, let me go bring in. Let me go do that. Yeah, whatever. He pulls this tooth out. So just to go back to what you were saying, do you think that was him saying he pulled out the root of the evil? 
he's going to pull out the root of the evil. This is him making that decision saying, okay, I can't go anywhere. I'm not going to go anywhere. My wife is now in danger. I'm going to have to, you know, destroy this from the inside out. All right. Anything you want to add with Rich? Or are you ready to move on to the last part of this? Yeah, the only thing I, I will say is that uh, very ironic how this entire episode, you learn the backstory or you learn some details about Janice and how she met someone and had all these plans of going off with this person. But it took her ultimately being sacrificed for John to be reunited with his wife. That was what I thought was very ironic twist to all of this. Uh, so, I, I, I to answer the question, I do believe that uh, they certainly are going to try to escape in the future. I mean, they know information on how they can escape, but again, yeah, they, we'll they, have they to know see. The gas tank is still there under the house. No yeah. one else knows about that, and no one knows about the stashed uh, dirt bike. He does, so he knows those two. He can easily now just say, "This is easy for me now. Let's just bounce." Let's go. I have my wife. I don't even have to go look for it. Let's just leave. Start a new life. Yeah. So we'll see ultimately how he plays this because obviously it's going to be a calculated way that he does it. So we'll see how that comes together. All right. And this is it. The final scene. This is a very impactful scene. And this one goes to Morgan. Morgan, we're seeing seeing now in a pickup truck. He's driving with the dog. And he's just talking to the dog and have his whole little thing. And he seems to be very relaxed. And all of a sudden... Which is also kind of ironic because it's a big open road. You could see everything from a distance. There's no buildings or anything. Boom. He gets hit from the left side. His truck. Right, he spins and it has a little accident. But he seems to be fine. He looks at the dog. Dog is fine. So he gets out of the vehicle. He has his battle axe which he obtains from the bounty hunter. He approaches uh, the vehicle that he hit. The, the driver's side opens. You see a guy crawling out. And who is it? It's that guy that was hanging out with the other dude that was spray canning on top of a, uh, was it the, the end is the beginning. It was those dudes. All right. So that guy gets out and he's looking at him and he's like, he's like, uh, where's uh, Almond? I think that's what he said. He kept saying the guy's Almond. He was like, what's And he's like, he's like, well, Virginia knows what happened to Almond. He's like, who's Virginia? So right there, that's a big piece of information because now we know that those two men and that group of the end is near, that cult, whatever it is, they have no connection to Virginia. They don't know. And that also tells us that in the first episode when we saw the bounty hunter collecting the key, we know that that also has nothing to do with Virginia. right? Because we saw the key mentioned twice, and it's also in the title. We saw the key that Virginia handed over, the key to the town, whatever, to John, and then now this mention of the key. And the guy looks over... And Morgan, he could see it. Morgan's carrying the, the the key that he wants right there around his neck. So while he's talking about this, you see the passenger door open and another guy comes around. And it's the other guy, the other dude that was doing the spraying. So there we go. Now we got these two fools. And as I listen, where's Almond? Almond's the one that was getting us the key. That's all we want. All right? What was that, uh, Dana? Emil, it's E. It's a meal? Why do you keep saying almond? I don't know. I'm getting hungry. Almond Joyce. A meal. I never heard of him. But I don't remember them ever mentioning Because it was a bounty hunter. But they did they mention his name? Right. They did? No. Here's the thing. That was the bounty hunter's car. Yeah. They was waiting for the bounty hunter. They don't know who Virginia is. They was trying to get the bounty hunter. The bounty hunter's name is Emil. L-E-M-I-L-E. If I, I'm saying it right. So I thought the 
how he recognized him. Well, asking about Emil was because he saw the weapon. That's very, that's a, a custom, distinct looking weapon there. And it's so when car. That's how I knew. Like, oh, did he take the bounty hunter's car? That's his car. Okay. So, so they, they ran, they purposely him. ran him off the road. But here's why I say this also. They were sitting there waiting in the cut for the car. So they just, that's why I say yeah. I, they, they planned. They, it wasn't like an actual accident. That wasn't an accident at all. That was a setup so that they can get the key. But so the, they knew that that was that car. But they just have to know that he's going to go down that path. That's what I'm thinking. The only no, way any no, of this remember, fits. Right. The, the purpose was him to deliver the key to them, not to Virginia. We assumed it was Virginia. No, no, we know, the, we know the bounty hunter. But how does Morgan know this? They wasn't. Morgan that, doesn't know that's this. What I'm, that's they what I'm saying. Taken, I don't think they ever met him. I know they this. never met the bounty hunter. But that's what I'm so saying. So they assumed he was the bounty hunter. No, because he said it. He said, "What happened to Emil?" And then that's when he said, uh, "Emil." He said it to them because they was waiting for the car. They knew that that wasn't him. But you're but not they getting what I'm car. saying. You're what making you it seem like there was a waypoint. Morgan was on no way going to any waypoint. So how did they know he was going to be down that road? Is what I I'm saying. The car. So they were just driving around looking for the car. That's Somehow I feel that they, they knew they purposely was going to hit that car to get him. Well, to get the key. Yeah, so then they, that was it. So they were using him to get him to get the key. The passenger side door opens. The guy gets around the side. And then he instantly goes for an attack. Morgan does a nice swipe and just guts him. Literally, you just see guts it spewing was, out. It was a Tarantino moment. It yeah. was beautiful. It was it's like Kill beautiful. Bill. Yeah, definitely Kill Bill. Swipes him, but when he does that full turn swipe, the driver gets uh, Morgan in the rear naked choke, and he's choking him, and then <laughs> and Morgan has his eyes rolling up. It's like, oh, is this it? Is he going to put him out? But no, he flings his head back, gives him a back headbutt. That creates the space, the distance. And then he picks up his weapon, and as the guy, then they do another quick scene where you see Morgan getting up, and you see from the perspective of the driver, and he's looking at that key that's just hanging off of Morgan's neck. It's like, I have to have it. So he lunges at him, and just when he does that, Morgan stabs him. And he, it, I, we don't know if he's dead. I don't know if he's dead. We, we know that he stabs him, he falls down. I'm assuming the guy's going to survive because we need answers, and Morgan needs answers. Because we need to find out the connection between that guy and stuff. But in uh, this scene, right toward the end of this scene, we see Morgan and he's looking down at this key. And he's like, what does this open? You know, but right now, before we keep going with this, Rich, what did you think of all this? Do you agree with what Dana's saying? That this was all planned and that they knew that he was headed down this way? Or this is just coincidence? Well, when they mentioned Emil, that was the name of the bounty hunter. Yeah. They saw the ve- his vehicle, and the, you remember what recall when he killed that guy at the start of the uh, season, episode one. It was to get that key. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure he was working with them to get the key that they wanted, because uh, I mean he's a bounty hunter for hire, you know. So uh, my whole thing is this was a great scene. Action-packed scene. You know, when I saw Morgan in the car, I figured something was going to happen, but I didn't know if it was going to be Virginia's people were going to have a run-in with him or whatever. So I, I thought it was good. The graphic of violence of the scene, also a thumbs up. Because, again, Morgan is not the same person he was. Now he's a lot more ruthless. He has a much more deadlier weapon than a staff. So they wanted to emphasize that. 
But um, again, uh, again, it, it, it did its job of building the myster- the mystery around the key, because there's still we still don't know what this key is about. We know that uh, Victor Strand has a key as well. So uh, obviously, we're gonna get answers as we dive closer to the se- to you know as the season continues. But yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I didn't have really have any criticisms of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it, I, I think they needed to progress that because we saw Morgan earlier in this episode. So I'm glad they came back to him again in this episode as opposed to waiting until next week to show another update on Morgan. So I, I thought it was cool. Yeah, and I, for a second there, I thought the dog was going to help when he was getting choked. I was like, oh, the dog's going to jump. But I remembered he closed the door. Uh, and he told the dog, told stay, the dog put. to stay put. And so yeah. there goes that. The dog wasn't going to get involved. And the whole thing, and then in the closing line, that Morgan says, "Like, what do you unlock?" He's looking at this key because clearly, it unlocks something that people are willing to to die for. And they were hunting him down, trying to get this key. And they were like, "Hey, he was going to bring it to us." Who knows? They probably paid the bounty hunter money for it too. I'm pretty sure they did. So now, oh, yeah. they, but at least now we know that's who they were waiting for. They weren't yeah. waiting for the guy because we thought that the bounty hunter killed. At least I was thinking that the bounty hunter killed the guy to get the key to bring that to Virginia. But that wasn't the case at all. It looks no, like this no, guy, that's not that's not what it yeah, was. Yeah, it looks it, like this guy ran off, and they hired the bounty hunter to find him to get the key back. The only thing the bounty hunter was supposed to do for Virginia was to kill a captured Morgan. She made that very clear that that's what she wanted. Yeah. Uh, this key thing, this is what he did before he even got the call for, for, from Virginia. So it's not connected um, in that sense. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And, and what? Oh, nope. Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. No, I just wanted to say that I find it. Um, also, okay. So a couple things. This thing when. Because I googled, and Google's amazing. Um, when you have a key, remember when we saw the beginning as in and in his beginning, and they was literally straight spray painting the submarine. Yeah. And it was like, oh, what is it unlock? You need keys in order to actually operate, control a submarine. I never knew that. Yeah, you need keys for everything, no. though. Oh yeah, but I thought it was like some type of code. I'm just, you know, let me let me discover. So. I feel that somehow it could be connected to that. Also, if you really think about it, so far we have three keys. In the sense that, remember the episode, The Key, where she viewed John oh, as yes. an actual key. key? Well, this is the key. Well, I mean, the previous episode, before that, remember when they was in the warehouse and they had to like, with the zombies? And he was like, see, you're the key. It's like, what the heck are you talking about? And then she gave him a key, a symbolic key, um, at the end of this episode, and also we have the key that is around Morgan's neck, where it's like, what is you know, what is this unlock? So I think you know this is gonna probably obvious is gonna unlock a lot of either secrets that was regarding regarding to Virginia. Also, we remember we have the CRM is connected, um, and also we have World Beyond. So it's. I think is going to start unraveling a lot of the mysteries that even we never kind of thought about in order to get to the much larger picture. I don't know if that's in terms of the movies that's coming up. I don't even know if they even started writing the movies, but I think that this is going to be one of those huge kind of, I feel that this season is going to be like a huge one. The one good thing that at least I can go off of is that with fear, and premise walking dead does it as well proper but the fear every season they pretty much end 
so that way we know what took place. So the main arc or issue that happened at the beginning seasons, all those get answered by the end. And then they usually do a cliffhanger and they lead into something else, like what we just saw with this one with the with Virginia and shooting uh, Morgan and all that. This was the, the new arc then the new story, but the old one was already solved. So I have a feeling whatever happens with the key, we will get that answered within this season. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot that happened in this episode. This was a longer episode, actually. I think it's one of the longest ones we've done. But there was a lot. There was a lot of information and a lot happened. So, again, thank you for everyone tuning in and, and subbing and just listening. Thanks for the support. It was great. And, again, this was our review of Fear the Walking Dead Season 6, Episode 4, The Key. And we will see you next week for the next episode. What was it Episode 6 of World Beyond? There's only 10 episodes of that one. So that's, that's short. So we only have a few more weeks of World Beyond. And then it'll just be about fear. All right, everybody. For Dana and Rich and everyone else over at the Coalition, thanks again for your support. You can follow us on YouTube and on Twitter and on all that jazz. I am Negan. You'll find us. All right, everybody. Thanks again. Peace.